I'm Jen. I'm Jack. And you're listening to The Devil Made Me Review It. We're just a couple of best friends who love scary movies. Especially when those movies are based on true events. Listen along as we dive into our favorite films, the classics we all love, and really, whatever we want. We'll tell you all about the paranormal claims made by the real-life subjects and debate whether or not it actually happened. It probably didn't happen. I knew you were going to say that. Listen, if you haven't seen whatever we're covering, pause and come back after watching because spoilers abound. That's right. Sit back and enjoy. The Devil Made Me Review It. Hi. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Round two. Are you excited? I am excited. Thank you for your uh, for your patience and your flexibility, <laughs> everyone. It is no. very hot, and <laughs> I tried to record yesterday and a- could, actually could not finish a sentence. Could not get a thought together. You were struggling. Couldn't string two words. I felt bad. I was like, "What's wrong with him?" <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> and then you were like, "It's lava hot," and I was like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." Is lava hot? Yeah, it was. You were melting, so I, you were slowing down. I was. It was bad, but today uh, I feel better. It's earlier in the in the day, so the heat has not uh, come upon us quite yet. And I moved into a different room. <laughs> <laughs> I think the room change was the big the key. Yeah, my closet is too hot. My my little recording closet. So. This will be good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're comfortable. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's hot here too, but it's not humid. I'm fine. I'm like always fine. If it's dry heat, I'm good to go. Let's do this. Unless we're at Disneyland and you feel like you're on the sun. Yeah, there's no shade. Not a (laughs) not a ounce of shade. And everyone's just like breathing around you. So it's like it's gross. You're always trying to get me to come there and it sounds awful. <laughs> we'll go in the fall. We'll go when it's spooky Halloween decorated. That's okay. fun. That's fair. That's I'll best. do that. <laughs> and it's always cold at night here, which is like the worst because you have to turn the AC on and off every day. Mm, yeah. But at night, it's nice and cool. Yeah, I like that because then it's easy to sleep. Can't, yeah. can't sleep when it's hot. No. So we're back again. We're doing the second Conjuring movie. If you listened to the first... Thank you very much. Give us feedback. Not and don't be a dick, but if you've got any suggestions or <laughs> and if you are, go to Jack because I can't handle it. I'm too sensitive. I'll I'll I will act as HR for the podcast. <laughs> uh, any customer complaints, you can come to me. Even though this is free, you're not a customer. You're welcome. <laughs> I rarely see the jerk part of you, but when I do, it always like just tickles me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that you're capable of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in there. <laughs> so The Conjuring 2, the year is 1977. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren come out of a self-imposed sabbatical to travel to Enfield in the north of London, where they meet Peggy Hodgson, an overwhelmed single mother of four who tells the couple that something evil is in her home. Ed and Lorraine believe her story when the youngest daughter starts to show signs of demonic possession. As the Warrens try to help the besieged girl, they become the next targets of the malicious spirit. Did you like it? I did. I didn't like it as much as the first, but I did like it. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's fun too, but I I like it better than the first because it doesn't scare me. 
Yeah. And I, I did realize that on the last episode, I was confusing the beginning of this movie with the beginning of the first movie. Oh. Because the Amityville opening is from this movie. So that's how the movie opens, is Lorraine is having the vision of being in the Amityville house during the DeFeo murders. And she goes through and sort of walks the path that Robert DeFeo walked. It's very... It's very disturbing. It's it's rough. It's gruesome. She goes through the house with an invisible gun and shoots everybody. Children. And I children. Can't yeah, it's tough. And then that is where we meet the nun character, which will plague her for the rest of the movie and gives her the premonition of Ed dying, of being impaled. So, Ed, we know that doesn't happen, but... Yeah. I liked it. I think that the the biggest thing that bothers me, and I think that you'll probably agree with this, is the like the pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. Like when they're talking about like the signs of possession or, you know, the three the, the like three knocks or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, how is that what what are they what the what the hell is it for? Oh, to like mock the holy trinity. Right. Like that's why demons do it. Yeah. That's the only thing where I like roll my eyes every time I hear it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, I, that's what that is. <laughs> that's a big problem I have with it in general is, is that the rules are a little bit too wishy-washy. Yeah. It's a, it's a little too inconsistent for me. And it feels like astrology in that way. I think that that's the best comparison. Also, if anybody were going to do the three, I would think it would be the three like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like you would think that they would be like, oh, you like, know, like they're the, the ones, three. <laughs> they're the ones playing <laughs> like, the jokes. Maybe not the demons. Like why would they do it? It doesn't make any sense. I would think they would do six. Like wouldn't, if we're going by the right. Bible. Right. We're going Mark of the Beast. Uh, whatever. I love that like the devil has so much time that he's like, only sixes guys, only sixes. Like we gotta <laughs> stick to our numbers. Well, and as, as we found out in researching the the last uh the last family the parent family uh, there are multiple devils oh right right but because, that mom was like metaphysical right yeah she was into all kinds of all kinds of hippie shit yeah <laughs> on top of her catholicism <laughs> <laughs> i feel like they do go hand in hand to some extent though Sure. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of ghosts. It's a lot of rebirths exactly. and resurrections and whatnot. Ghosts and it's got all the metaphysical shit you could want and like yeah. feminism and all that crap. True. So are you ready to hear about the paranormal stuff? Yeah. Tell me about it. So like you said, uh, Peggy Hodgson. 1977, this is in August, called the police in Enfield, claiming that she witnessed her furniture moving and that two of her four children said there were knocking sounds on the wall. The two, two of the children, Margaret, 13, and Janet, 11, were the ones that were telling the mom this. Uh, the police showed up. They said that they saw a chair wobble and slide, but they couldn't determine why it was wobbling and sliding. So later claims included disembodied voices, loud noises, thrown toys, overturned chairs, and children levitating. So in the movie, they do a lot of this. And it's like, I feel like in the movie, it's like super embellished, but also like in real life, because there's like that photo of her that looks like a punk poster where she's like, I'll post it on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And where she's clearly jumping off of the bed. And, yeah. And they're, they're like, <laughs> levitation. Right. She looks like she's singing in a hardcore band. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, I know that stance. It's like the, it's a poster for a riot girl festival. 
again. Exactly. <laughs> this happened to them over the period of like 18 months. And more than 30 people, including neighbors, those psychic researchers and journalists, said that they saw the furniture move, um, objects being thrown, and the daughters seeming to levitate several feet near. They also, the knocking and gruff voice. So the mother had a reporter come out. And the reporter was apparently hit in the eye with a Lego. <laughs> Maurice Gross of the Society for Psychical Research came out and spent a lot of time in the home. He claimed to have witnessed 2,000 incidences of activity. For, again, furniture being moved, fires starting for no reason. That was the first time I'd seen that. Um, water filling in cups and hearing voices. Though Janet recalls another instance where a curtain near her bed wrapped around her neck all on its own. Janet is the 11-year-old. Janet's the one that it focuses on, right? Yeah. Um, eventually, she claims the poltergeist started speaking through her, which was, you know, signifying possession. Of course. Of course. The, 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 the there's like the, the BBC biography or uh, documentary, rather. Oh, have you, right. Have you I, seen it yet? No, I, I haven't watched it. I have to send you the clip. I'll see. You had mentioned putting it on the Instagram and I'll see if I can figure out how to do that. Yeah. But. It is hilarious because it literally is just her going now. Like she's like. <laughs> oh, of her her demonic possession voice. <laughs> her voice is just like, I don't want to. You know, you're like, this is obviously this kid. A little turd. I'm going to throw a Lego at you. <laughs> Yours actually sounds a lot like it. I can't, I'm not good at it. <laughs> and I like the idea of her just like winging a Lego. I have a nephew and that is like not. That's not a lot. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they're wild um so the society for psychical research uh members maurice gross and guy lion playfair reported curious whistling barking noises coming from janet's general direction playfair maintained the haunting was genuine and uh later wrote in his book the house is haunted the true story of a poltergeist uh that an entity was to blame for the enfield disturbances he doubted some of the kids uh, veracity and wondered if they were playing tricks and exaggerating which i think is like a thing um but gross and and playfair believed that even though some of the alleged poltergeist activity may have been faked that other instances were genuine other paranormal investigators who studied the case include of course ed and lorraine warren who also showed up uninvited again they're never invited <laughs> They're never invited. They've never once, never once been invited. Opportunist, spooky opportunist. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, what do you got? I know that you have the this is fake for me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do have the this is fake for you. Mm -hmm. I listen. <laughs> no, wait. This is one of the most controversial cases of poltergeist, right? It is. It's very. It's very widely covered, and it's very widely debated. And there's a lot of paranormal research, and there's a lot of skeptical research about it. I'll start with the general vibe of the family at the time so the parents had just gotten a divorce and it was apparently a pretty contentious divorce the father had had an affair with a neighbor and they had had a child together there's a lot going oh. on the two girls that were mostly involved was mostly janet but then also her older sister margaret they were 11 and 14 at the time so that's a prime age for that to really really mess with you mm. and you know make you feel like you need some extra attention or that you're going to act out yeah. So strike one for me. There's probably 16 <laughs> strikes. This isn't a baseball game. <laughs> That's a lot of outs. It's a lot of outs. It's a lot of outs. I'm a big baseball fan, and I think it's really funny that for the last several years, Major League Baseball is like, well, how do we make the games shorter? And I'm like, just take out three innings. Just make it six. 
If you want the game to be shorter, make it shorter. It's only three hours and I love it. Like I if I'm there. I don't mind that it's a long game. I think it's because you're you're also used to going to O's games and I love the O's, but they are slow as fuck. Yeah. It's long. It's a slow burn. It's like the golf of <laughs> baseball. Yeah. But, but I digress. So the parents are divorcing. The mom is overstretched. She's overworked. She's trying to support a family of four children by herself. It's a lot. Another factor is that Janet, the 11-year-old that most of this was was happening around, was a very athletic kid. She was big for her age. She was tall. She was a star athlete at her school. A lot of people on the paranormal side had said, well, how could a child be moving furniture like this or doing the amount of destruction that was happening in the house? But she was pretty big and she had a lot of energy. And it was very possible that she was destroying stuff and throwing <laughs> chairs around and pushing a dresser against a door. Baby Hulk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they referred to the poltergeist as the thing and the voice, right? So the thing was when it would act up and do physical stuff. The voice was obviously when it would talk through her. The thing would only act when it wasn't being watched. So when the girls would be somewhere else, then stuff would start happening. And then the voice also wouldn't speak unless the girls were in a room alone with the door shut and the voice apparently didn't materialize at all until maurice gross mentioned it one day when they were all talking he had said something to the effect of if only the voice would present itself and suddenly it did (laughs) sure enough (laughs) they also had a ventriloquist come in and check this out his name was ray allen and he basically came in and said, yeah, this is ventriloquism 101. This is not not a demonic voice. And even after him coming in and saying that, Playfair and Gross still still believed that it was a demon voice and even used <laughs> even used some of his his points to their own advantage of saying, well, but her lips are hardly moving. Oh my God. And <laughs> Jesus. Whatever suits the narrative, right? Exactly. Exactly. So her lips are hardly moving. Playfair wrote in his book, the connection between Janet and the voice is obviously very close. There have been several occasions when she says something it obviously meant to say and vice versa. Would she slip up like that if she was faking the whole thing? Uh, Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes. She's 11. So absolutely. I just love it. They really, really wanted uh, wanted to believe it. They also had a uh, American magician came and visited the house to see if he could detect any sort of sleight of hand type tricks going on that was, you know, moving things around. Because one of the claims was stuff would just show up right in in random places. And he said that at one point Janet was sent up to her room and. All of a sudden, the voice started. So he followed her. He snuck up the stairs and then saw her peeking out of her room to make sure that no one was watching. And when she saw him, she got really flustered and the voice stopped. Mm-hmm. So there's that. My mom would have beat my ass. Right? <laughs> this wouldn't have lasted for more than like five minutes. I'm like, How tired was this poor woman that she was just like believing these kids and letting them get away with this nonsense for as long, 18 months of this crap. 
Now, wait, so do you know, was there publicity around it while it was happening? Like, maybe was that why it kept going? Yes. Yeah, there definitely was. That's how Ed and Lorraine Warren found out about it, was that there there was publicity about it. It was already being written about because Gross and Playfair had been researching and investigating for a while. There was another paranormal researcher named Anita Gregory, and they do have her in the movie. They don't have Playfair in the movie, which is, I I, I don't know why. I I didn't look that up, I'll be honest, um, but I did think that was interesting that they have Gross and Anita Gregory, but not Playfair. Um, and she basically said that while she believed that the case may have begun as something paranormal, it quickly turned into a performance. Yeah. There was also an instance where Playfair spent the night by himself and absolutely nothing happened. And this guy still thinks there's a haunting. He stayed by himself. Nothing happened, and he's still maintained that this was that, that the house was haunted and there was a poltergeist or a, and a demonic spirit. I also found an article from The Guardian that said that one of the things that was found early on in the investigation was a magazine article that had been torn out in Janet's room that was about a boy named Matthew Manning uh, which was another child-focused poltergeist phenomena in England. And in the article, it said that Manning's mother had reported that the first strange event that happened in the house was the disappearance of a teapot. And it just so happens that that was also the first event at the Enfield house. Oh, so unless it's a teapot demon, this is like very fake. <laughs> yeah. This is... <laughs> teapot demon. It's the teapot demon. <laughs> And the last, the last bit of information that really uh, seals the deal for me is uh, also from, from that Guardian article, Deborah Hyde says that of all of the appliances in the home that were messed with, the television was not. <laughs> and of course, an 11-year-old wouldn't, wouldn't fuck up the TV. <laughs> an 11-year-old or your dad. Like- <laughs> yeah. My dad's not fucking with the TV. Hell no. <laughs> I'm not fucking with the TV. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and in the movie, they did they did mess with the TV. They did have uh uh what was the guy's name? Bill? Was that the the yeah the old that, man ghost? I hated that ghost. I was like, this is weird. What a rude ass ghost. <laughs> Sitting in that chair, yelling at everybody to get out. You get out, sir. <laughs> Your time is done. Get out of here. You, you're you dead. <laughs> he was really scary, though. There's that great scene where where there's a good like jump scare where he's behind the television set, right? Where the TV goes crazy and she goes up to it and they they the camera points back to her. And then when it cuts back to the TV, he's there in the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I mute the TV and don't look when the music gets jump scary. <laughs> So I know what you're talking about because I saw the aftermath. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a good jump scare. Solid. I'm happy jump for scare. you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad one of us can watch the whole movies. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, we said at the beginning. I think this one is the most fun. There's yeah. a there's a there's some good yeah good jump scares. The special effects are corny as hell. It's. They they really dropped off in this one. They're like, eh, we don't care. We're just gonna do we're gonna do whatever we want. I feel like I feel like they just like took it in a different direction. Like I feel like the first one was like legit scary. Mm-hmm. This one also incorporated the nun. So this is the first time we see her. Right. And you think she's corny and I think she's very terrifying. 
Until she opens her mouth, the mouth because the special effects are bad. But otherwise, I think she's very scary. It's like the new it. Like I don't care mm-hmm. for the new it, and it's not scary because it's all CGI. Yeah, yeah. But I think that she also is just like, I feel like it's played out. It's like a like a, a spirit Halloween photo shoot <laughs> is what she looks like to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you got a little bit of money, but also you're once a year. You know, like. <laughs> This is you're not we're not talking Renaissance fair money where these people are these people are dressing up every day for three months out of the year. Every day, seven days a week. Yeah. I've never been to a rent I'm fair, always, but I'm always impressed by those people. I have I have many many a friend who go on a regular basis every year and they have a different costume for every day. And it's a new and new costumes every year. I don't know what their budget is. I would like to know. It's just Renaissance cosplay. It's all brown. What are you talking about? They just go to Joanne's. No, like but... everything is just brown and no. there's like a strap. <laughs> That's it. I have seen some elaborate costumes. If anyone out there listening does a uh, Renaissance Festival, does it up for the Ren Fair, let us know what your budget is. But I think the nun is is scary. Which is funny because you also think Annabelle is scary. Yeah. So you just like you like more more modern horror movies. I think I just appreciate a scary visual because you know I also think until the CGI gets to be too much, I do think that that it is scary. I think the original it is terrifying, and terrifying. even in the new one, I th- I think that the makeup is effective and the prosthetics and all of that are effective until they get to CGI and his mouth is detaching and there's a mouth inside a mouth inside a mouth inside a mouth. Yeah. Um, but just like that first scene that we see him in the drain, that's super scary. I can't watch him take Georgie. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. So I like I like a scary visual and for for that if for that reason I think the nun is effective. I haven't I would be interested to see the that that movie, the spin-off movie that she got. Oh, I've seen it and I it was not bad. Yeah. It's like I like religious themed films yeah like horror movies Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much exactly what it is yeah but it's good we should watch it i I don't think that there's the the demon or whatever it's like there's i don't think there's like a backstory to it or it's not based on a true story yeah we'd have to look into that because i feel like the the franchise at least is trying to go off of real stuff even in their side movies like annabelle and la llorona of just stories that already exist. So maybe there is one. We'll have to we'll have to look into it. You said La Llorona. La Llorona. <laughs> La Llorona. La Llorona. I'm probably even saying that wrong, but that's how I, we're supposed to say it. La Llorona. I'm from Southern Maryland. <laughs> you don't talk like that. It comes out sometimes. It surprises me. So I think that this particular real life case is a big old hoax per usual this one just clearly clearly there's not there's not really a lot going on here that that can't be explained very very easily and i think that this is some kids just terrorizing their poor mother 100 <laughs> percent. i would get in so much trouble for all of this nonsense i would have gotten in oh so much God. trouble my mom wouldn't have even like entertained people coming you know like Mm-mm. I mean, we would have left the house because they really did go to the neighbor's house like that night when the stuff was moving. That makes sense to me. The initial fear, if that is what you believe in, and and the initial fear drives you from your home, I totally get that. 
but 18 months of that like at what point at what point yeah, do you it's... not sort of I don't know I don't know well I think I liked what I liked in the movie is that they do touch on the hoax part and they they show is it Janet they show yeah. her like banging stuff around and then they use but they use that to pivot into like the like the mythology within the universe you know and then it goes into the nun right yes right because it turns out that bill the ghost who they think is the one who's possessing janet right they think that that bill is the one who who's well i think they think he's the only one there yeah that he's the only one there and then they quickly figure out that he's just a he's just a ruse from that from that nun but he was like a real ghost though that was the one that the family yeah the family had said that there was yeah that there had been a guy that died in the house in the chair like he says in the film Mm -hmm. now i'm gonna tell you my ghost story okay Uh (laughs) uh-huh excited listen listen when we lived when i lived in the house next to william Mm -hmm. uh, in southern maryland it was everybody thought it was haunted and I didn't like staying in the house. It was creepy. There was something off about it. I blame Samantha. She, of course, played with the Ouija board when she was young and then always had like experiences with spooky things. I am not. I'm like, goodbye. I'm sleeping. You know, like I'm not playing with this shit. Don't have time for it. Not happening. Oh, my God. Something could fall in my room and I'd be like, man, that air conditioning is on high. You know, like... (laughs) I just like my brain's like, no, not happening. <laughs> like, okay. It's a good it's a good way to protect yourself. <laughs> no fight or flight, just goodbye. Ignore. Um, <laughs> oh man. White people in movies is my role. There like, you I, go. Yeah. <laughs> except I don't go towards the danger. Anyway, so my dad, crazy Stephen King fan, and like does not believe in ghosts at all. Like and the only book that ever scared him was The Shining. Like, and that's like his thing. So he was home alone and we were all out. I think we were at Target because, of course, and we come home and my dad said that um, he heard running in the hallway upstairs. Like he could f- hear footsteps mm. and that he went looking for me because he thought I was home. So like he didn't even think ghost like he got up and was like, hey, Jen, he was like yelling up the hallway to like, shut up. You know, like he was like, motherfucker, you're, I'm watching football or something. Um, and then he realized that I was not there. And he said it. he was like, it creeped me out. It was it was weird is what he said. Like he wasn't scared, but he was like, it was really weird because, you know, the sound of footsteps in a hallway. Yeah. I'm way more afraid of like alive people than I am of. Uh, anything being paranormal i always think person first yeah like the same. story you were telling about the your alarm going off like your first thought is like home invasion home invasion it's terrifying i don't want to be murdered like that no hey did you turn up that alarm no but i turned it up okay good <laughs> <laughs> your so wife slept i'm through not it. the only one that hears it next time <laughs> we want laura to also be alive <laughs> come on ma'am her and ralph just sleeping in the room (laughs) just snoozing again it should have tipped me off that nothing was happening the dog was not going nuts but i mean still it's scary he's like dude it's a spider (laughs) go back to bed he knows your dog barks at everything and he's like 
You're overreacting, Dad. <laughs> totally. Mom and I are chilling. Are chilling. <laughs> um. So yeah, I was in that house once, and my mom, my dad was uh on business, and my mom was at the school. I think it was like a parent-teacher conference for me, mm. and. I was in the house and I was like creeped out. I was always at Williams because I was creeped out by the house and I was always alone, like in the house. Yeah. And I was like sitting there and I remember I was singing No Doubt to like make noise in the house, you know, because like we didn't Don't have phones speak. and all that I stuff. Know just what right. <laughs> Feeling it, doing homework, <laughs> mad at everything. And we had gone to Target and there was like the kitchen, it was the dining room, the kitchen, and then a living room and they were all they had like a like the walkway to all of them was on the back wall but there were walls that separated and it wasn't an open concept so you could look through the the dining room where i was sitting and could look down and look through the kitchen and then see the edge of the living room right and i hear the bags moving and i look down and it looked like this like leg turned around like a man's pant leg and i was like like i just froze yeah and I just listened because I was like, well, how would this person even like get in the house? Like, is there a human being in the house? Like, what the fuck? And so I think I just waited and I assumed that it went upstairs. But I, when I tell you, it's like, you know, when you're like, you're yeah. like, <laughs> like trying yeah. to quiet your breath, but yeah. your heart is racing. <laughs> like, uh, what are the memes where like when you like run up the stairs and you're trying to pretend you're not out of breath? You're like, <sighs> right. yeah, you just know, hold, <laughs> holding it. Holding it. <laughs> I'm not horribly out of shape, I promise. Um, so I take my shoes off because I had these really cool patent leather shoes. Of course you did. That made a lot of squeaky noise. Mm -hmm. And I went and got a butcher knife. <laughs> I went around because the stairwell was in like the middle of the house, you know, but like you couldn't, you couldn't really see the sides of the stairwell. Like it was like a quarter banister, you know? Right. And so I snuck around and I went into the bathroom downstairs and I was sitting on the toilet with a butcher knife saying the Lord's prayer, just like listening, waiting, praying that my mother will come home. And I hear footsteps of my parents room was above me. Uh huh. And there's like the window is like right above where I was sitting, you know? Yeah. And I hear footsteps step in this Creek in the floor there, like a person was standing on it. And my mom pulls up, like I see her lights. And then I hear, footsteps in his my parents bathroom like it left but mm. i heard footsteps on the linoleum from downstairs and i cannot i came bursting out of that fucking bathroom with a butcher's <laughs> knife just like oh my god and my mom's like what the fuck <laughs> it's just like her and my like four-year-old sibling i was like oh my god there's a ghost and she said that after that she was like, I went through the house and I was like, you, I realized it, she always said it was pop up. Like my mom always said like, oh, they're with you. And I'm like, did you see the exorcist? Like, let's not, this is not Captain Howdy. Like, I'm not trusting whatever the fuck you think is in this house. <laughs> and she was like, I had a conversation. I told it had to leave. And I was like, I don't think that you can bully demons. Like, I, I don't, don't know. Think I think if anyone could have, it was Candace. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that's your true. mom would have been the one. She had a scary walk. <laughs> like she, like everything was scary. One last thing I'm gonna tell you is that in this house, this bitch, Samantha and I and Michael, her husband at the time, yeah, were sleeping in my room. And my room had like a little bathroom, which the door also opened and closed one night. And I thought it was my mom, and she told me it was, and she it was not. She told me later it was not her. 
anyway, we're all sleeping there. My mom comes down the hallway to check on us. This bitch said that she got to the door and she heard guttural growling. No animals in the house. And she turned around. She left. <laughs> she was like, she was scared. She was like, bye. You're on your own. <laughs> all of you. Good I, luck. I blame, I blame Mike for that one. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that was Mike. Probably. Probably Mike. <laughs> Snoring. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that was it. Turns out Mike had sleep apnea. <laughs> but what's more, what's more upsetting is that she didn't think that it was a human. She thought it was something scary and left. Booked it. She was like, adios. You're on your own. Not here for it. Remember what I taught you. Lord's Prayer. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Sorry. Those are my ghost stories. That's all I got. Oh my gosh. That's too good. I don't have any ghost stories. I just know other people's. <sighs> None? Like nothing's ever, spooky's ever happened? No. Not that I can remember. Mm. Like if it did, it's gone, you know? Yeah, nothing. Anybody in your family ever have anything? Uh, I'm sure they have. The only thing I can think of is that my, I have, uh, I have an aunt who's very spiritual. And anytime somebody dies, she starts finding pennies everywhere. Oh, that's kind of sweet. That's like a nice ghost thing. Those are nice ghosts. <laughs> Sounds like a nice ghost. Just leaving pennies around. Even in the afterlife, no one wants a penny. Right. I'm just like, here, take these. They're no good here. They're no good here. Oh, all yours. I don't know. I'll have to ask my sister. She might have some spooky, spooky tales for you. Can you ask your mom? I feel like your mom might have one. Yeah, I'll ask her, but I don't know. I don't think she believes in that stuff. So I don't know that she would have anything. Did you guys grow up religious? What school you did? You went to Catholic school, or did you go to? I didn't go to Catholic school, but we were Catholic. Mm. Your religion is all about ghosts. I know, but still, it wasn't something we talked about. <laughs> oh, that's fair. It just didn't wasn't a thing. My mom went to Catholic school. She lived with nuns when they were really poor. So, like, my mom was like in an orphanage with the nuns for a while, and. My mom was definitely like, I remember being little and I was like, I was always really afraid like of spooky things when I was little, little. And I was afraid of going in the backyard. I'm sure to take the trash out. And my mom was like, you just do the, what's that? It's like, I rebuke you. Like, do you (laughs) like in the name of Jesus? Like, (laughs) like, you're not making it better. Because if anything, it's like acknowledging and like validating your fear of like, this thing is out there, but really she just like wanted me to take the trash out. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's like, listen, you got chores to do and I don't care right. how many ghosts are in this house. You're t- still taking the trash out. Right. You still have jobs to do and I'm not doing them. <laughs> I get it. I get it. If I had kids, I'd make them work. Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason to have kids, put them to work. What do you, uh, what do you think? This one, this one real or not real? <sighs> oh, the real thing is, I do not think it's real. Yeah, I know you don't. No, I did you? Don't. Did you like the movie? What do you rate it? I do like the movie. I would rate it. I believe we gave the conjure the first Conjuring a four point five. I would give this movie a three. I didn't like it as much. I think it's fun, but I did think the effects were pretty cheesy. I think that if I were rating it screams based on how scary it is i would give Mm -hmm. it like a two and a half sure i think that if i'm rating it on how much i like it i'd give it a four and a half okay okay (laughs) because i really liked it It is i find it really fun 
yeah, it is fun. I think it is the most fun of the three. Yeah, because the next one that we'll cover is like not, it's not really a fun one. Talk about jumping the shark. That one's going to be wild. I actually am excited <laughs> to talk about that one because boy, does it go off the rails. <laughs> you know what bothers me is that all the movies end the same way with them just saying the demon name and then he's like, go to hell and it's gone. Yeah, and then it's the kind of true. <laughs> it's it's very true. neat. It's like a tight little bow, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, yep. I guess that's how you get rid of a demon, though. It's pretty pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Thanks oh, a lot, Ed. All right. Well, join us next week. We're going to talk about The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Which inspired our name. Sure did. And uh, the Arnie, Arnie Johnson case. Very exciting. Very exciting. Okay. Bye. Adios. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at the devil made me review it or send us an email at the devil made me review it at gmail.com. <laughs>